0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Round where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, we hope that you'll join the conversation. You can call in if you have questions at 805-285-9865. You can listen in, or if you have a question, be sure to push the number 1 on your keypad. You can also chat with us on Twitter using the hashtag pound MTFW. This is Lorraine Ball, and I'm kind of flying solo this morning because Allison is out running around doing presentations, but I have Peter on Twitter. Good morning, Peter. morning. So feel free to add your comments. And this morning we've got a good friend of mine as a guest. I'm really excited. Jake Spock is joining us. Jacob, thank you so much for uh, giving us a half hour of your time.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: We're delighted to have you this morning. Um, For those of you that don't know Jacob, you're going to get to know him a little bit more today and in the coming months. He is the Indiana State Director of the Small Business Development Center. But as we get started, Jacob, why don't we start, tell folks a little bit about where you come from and how you ended up where you are.
1: Uh sure. Um well uh, as you mentioned, Lorraine, I'm I'm the state director for the S B D C uh but I've had about four different roles within the organization. Uh, I started as an administrative assistant in in one of the regional offices and and moved up to a a, uh, business advisor, which is the the core service that we provide, our business advisors, um, offering one-on-one consultation with entrepreneurs. And uh, Shortly after, I moved into the lead center or or the the corporate office, if you will, uh, providing technical support for the business advisors statewide, and about four months ago, I became the state director. Uh, I grew up in a, in a family business up in South Bend, Indiana, uh, and knew that I had passion for entrepreneurship, so I uh, picked up a degree of entrepreneurship from Ball State University. And uh, During my tenure here at uh, the SBDC, I've uh, co-founded two businesses with um, some business partners in, in uh, continue to dabble in entrepreneurship. Is is trying to lead the uh, state's entrepreneurial efforts.
0: Okay, so um, you don't sleep too much, do you? Uh,
1: well, <laughs> I think sleep's a little overrated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> but that's. Uh, but we are delighted that uh, that you're in this role because I think having somebody. Um, as the state director, who's not a career politician but really is sort of an entrepreneur, entrepreneur at heart, is, is going to give um, maybe a little new life to the organization. Um, I know we've talked and you've got some some visions for where you want it to go. Why don't we start with what is the SBDC and what kind of resources are available, and then we can kind of morph into maybe some of your future visions.
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, the Small Business Development Center is nearing its, 30th year anniversary and uh, its origin comes from the SBA uh, where the Small Business Administration realized that just uh, helping entrepreneurs obtain loans was was really not providing a full value or, or, or a full range of services for uh, businesses across the country. So they created the small business development centers uh, in order to fill that gap, which is um, providing uh, education and expert guidance to entrepreneurs that are uh, either considering starting a business and they want to know more about entrepreneurship, uh, or those that are established Businesses And they're looking to grow and they need assistance, uh, whether it's uh, strategic planning uh, or uh, problem solving, large issues, or uh, even if uh, we like to say if they fell into business uh, and now they need to work through uh, the differences from an income statement and a cash flow statement. Uh, so here at uh, in Indiana, we have 10 regional offices, uh, and we're funded by uh, over 20 different organizations, including, as I mentioned, the SBA, the State of Indiana, through the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, uh, Purdue, Ivy Tech, IU, ISU, just to name some of the universities, uh, as well as Chambers of Commerce across the state, mayor's offices, uh, with really the, the mission of creating uh, positive, measurable impact on the formation, growth, and sustainability of Indiana businesses uh, through providing entrepreneurs with expert guidance and a uh, cohesive network of resources.
0: Okay. So um, around the state, and I've actually had an opportunity to work with some of your offices, um, what kind of services are available from your regional um, centers?
1: That's, that's a good question. Uh, we really try to, to bucket our services into three different groups. Uh, the first group are for the, the standard lifestyle entrepreneurs uh, where they're a successful business uh, and, and they're looking to make methodical growth and they traditionally uh, grow their business either by uh, personal assets um, being allocated towards the business, uh, or they'll apply for bank loans, uh, we'll help them put together the, the classical business plan, the one that's used uh, in order to obtain bank loans, and um, make the, the three-year projection as to uh, where does the business want to go, and what is it going to take in order to get there? Uh, so that's, that's one of our three core services, and, and that's provided direct one-on-one business consultation. Uh, So you sit across the table from a business advisor, and and they work through this process with you. Uh, Another one of our buckets is the uh, the startup entrepreneur. Uh, And traditionally, we work with those startup entrepreneurs in a very similar way as we do with the existing uh, lifestyle businesses, where we help them work through a business plan and eliminate assumptions. Uh, So they – the, the entrepreneur may have the next best idea for a widget, uh, and, and they want to be able to prove that the market exists, and they want to make sure that they price it appropriately. So we'll bring in market research database tools that, that we tap into, uh, the same ones that large Fortune 500 companies use. Uh, we we build relationships with these uh, market research firms by um, explaining to them that the market that we're going after uh, is, is one that traditionally would not pay for these types of resources since they're so expensive. Uh, so we can, we can pay for them and then provide them to our clients free of charge, as well as financial diagnostic tools and making sure that uh, projections line up to industry standards. Uh, and the third bucket, and, and the one that we're really gearing a lot more attention towards, uh, is more for the, the strategic entrepreneurs. Uh, the ones who want to go from zero to 60 in, in five days, and they're not necessarily looking at creating a lifestyle business as much as they're looking at uh, developing a product and service and, and selling it uh, as quickly as possible, or raising angel dollars for the, the uh, goal of raising VC dollars. Uh, and the way that we'll work with them, since it's a, it's a bit of a, of a non-traditional business model, uh, is we will work with them on identifying the root problems that the that the service or the product that they're selling, what is the root problem that they're solving, and what is the quickest way that we can get this commercialized, what is the, the correct messaging that they need to be uh, putting in, in front of potential investors, uh, and not so much provide them with the market research as much as provide them with the thought leadership and the problem-solving solutions so that they can methodically work through the process of, of growing their business without um, without wasting any time.
0: Okay. So really, um, you know, as I listen to you talk about sort of the three different levels of service, it really is providing what businesses need at kind of some of those critical points in their development for for startups, whether it's funding or information, and it's not that you're doing the work for them and you're not replacing um, consult you know people that get consult uh, do consulting work, but really providing them kind of that starting point.
1: That's exactly right that's and you know you're speaking exactly to the second half of our mission. the first half being that expert guidance, and the second half is having the comprehensive network of resources and it is absolutely critical for us to know the resource partners that are out in the community the the uh, everything from the CPAs, the attorneys, and the marketing firms that provide the expert Uh, hands-on assistance that these entrepreneurs need. It's our job to make sure that those connections are made and uh, make sure that the entrepreneur is is moving forward on strategies that they have confidence with and they've they've thought out and and have um, well-researched.
0: Okay, so uh, one of the things we did not do early, if people want to find out more about the ISBDC, you guys have a website?
1: We do. It is ISBdc.org.
0: And on that website, they can find contact information for all the local offices.
1: That's correct. Uh, what we encourage entrepreneurs to do when, when they first reach out to us is uh, on the top right corner and in, in the bottom left corner of our website, there is a link to our business assessment. We receive around a uh, thousand contacts a day, phone calls and emails. And we see around 3,000 entrepreneurs a year. Uh, And and since our funding comes from a lot of a lot of resource partners and, and, uh, you know, frankly tax dollars, we want to make sure that we create the the greatest ROI. For the entrepreneurs that we work with. So what we have in place is this business assessment, which allows us to get a handle on what types of services uh, entrepreneurs need when they come to us. So when we sit down for that first one-on-one consultation, we can hit the ground running. And we can already have resources on hand and, and, and be able to start a dialogue that um, creates value instead of just uh, uh, being an opportunity to just um run through information that we could have collected otherwise. So, yeah, if, if you're interested in working with us, uh, isbdc.org and uh, click on the business assessment link.
0: So if um, – and, and let's kind of take a look at, at each of the three groups. If somebody has an existing business and they think that they want to maybe jump start or take their business in a little different direction and they want to come in and have a conversation with you, what kind of things should they assemble before they come in the door?
1: Uh, well, we really—it's it, not necessary for a business to move forward on on any additional steps before coming to visit us. There's there's no due diligence required, is what I like to say, uh, before meeting with us. But if if they already have a track record of uh, collecting their their financials, um, and, and they've they've already. Uh, have their QuickBooks set up, for example. If they've already uh, identified target markets and they have market research available, uh, bring that in because that'll allow us to to start with a baseline, and that baseline is, is actual, not market research. Uh, so, so that type of data would be great to bring to the table. Uh, but what we like to do is is really start with uh, what is what is the Core vision: what, what is the direction that this entrepreneur wants to go, and how can we help you get there? And what we frequently find are, are entrepreneurs, and in, in, I'm, I'm going to put myself in this boat here because I'm also guilty of it, uh, in, in businesses that I've worked in. Uh, we can get sidetracked on some really cool initiatives, but the cool initiatives don't align with the vision of where we want to see that business go in three years. So what we like to start with is getting a clear image of of where does this business want to be in three years and what is the quickest trajectory to get there uh, without assuming any unnecessary risks.
0: Got it, got it. Um, Okay, so um, businesses, if they want to work with you, they can um, go to the website, get help, and, and really, I think, have that, Third-party objective look at their business. I think that, for really businesses in all of these stages, it's probably one of the most important things: is having someone else look at your idea.
1: That's right. That's right. And our business advisors, when we bring them on board, there is a uh, a great level of ramping up. We put them through a countless number of hours, uh, well over forty hours of professional development, uh, in order for them to uh, not not only fine tune the skills and the experience and the education that they already have around entrepreneurship and small business, uh, but also on just the the process of providing consulting assistance. So it's not just giving answers, but it's actually helping the entrepreneur find the root problems that they're that they're struggling with.
0: And let me take it from the other side, something that you touched on, because we have about five minutes left, and I want to hit this side of it, too. If somebody is like me, we're a service provider for small businesses, and you're interested in working with some of the SBDC clients when you're ready to hand them off kind of to that next step. How do, how do service providers get involved with the SBDC? That's,
1: that's a great question. And uh, for all those that are listening on, uh, please do reach out to us. The, the best way to do so is if you're on our website, uh, there's the section of about us locations, so if you go to about us there's there's a drop down and there's a locations and you can see the the landscape of all ten regional offices that we have uh, and relative to to where you're located and your core target market uh, if you click on any of the counties. Or or the name of the regional location from central ISBDC to to northeast ISBDC. When you click on it, you're going to have all the contact information for that regional office. Uh, Please reach out to them, and what you're going to be able to do is is work and and communicate directly to the business advisors that are working that territory so they know precisely what it is that you provide and how you are positioned in the marketplace so we can communicate the same message, make sure that expectations are aligned with the businesses that we're working with, and, and have you rolled in uh, with the 3,000 clients that we see uh, awesome. on an annual basis.
0: Okay, and one more quick question. What's next? Where does the SBDC need to go next?
1: Well, you know, we're, we, we just finished surveying uh, a, a large Portion of our funders and uh, a couple of our our um, root client groups, and the the data that's coming back is uh, they our our funders and in, in our our network seems to feel comfortable about the the quality of consulting and the resources that are available for the lifestyle businesses the the niche that we're focused on right now and, and we're looking at expanding is making sure that the thought leadership piece and the more high-level strategy piece in, in order to uh, work with those, those visionary entrepreneurs is in place so we're serving the full range of entrepreneurs across the state. Uh, and as I'm sure you know, it, it's a, it gets a little bit ambiguous as to how to best serve those markets um, so we're tapping a number of partners who work with them uh, on a regular basis and starting to use processes that uh, IDEO uses and, and Procter & Gamble uses for product development uh, and, and even tapping into the professors and, and universities that we have across the state and asking them what's, what is on the cutting edge right now in serving these types of marg- uh, markets in a more strategic, impactful capacity.
0: Awesome. And I guess uh, one of the things that I know is both the uh, uh, ISBDC and you personally are on Twitter. And so if people have suggestions, not only can they go, or questions, not only can they go through your website, but they can reach out to you on Twitter and and open up a dialogue that way.
1: That's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I manage the Indiana underscore SBDC Twitter feed, and then I have my personal one, which is SCHPOK. Uh, So if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, you can use either one. Um, And and also, I'm I'm very much receptive to to feedback. So if you've worked with us in the past, uh, let me know how it was and and let me know what worked. And if you have suggestions on on best practices we should implement or things we should change, please, you know, shoot me an email or or, uh, send me a a tweet. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome.
0: Jacob, thank you so much. This has been, um, I think, really good. I think... uh, I know I've worked with the SBDC for uh, a, a long time number of years, but um, I think a lot of people are not available are not aware of how many wonderful resources are available in our community. oh
1: uh, we're we're working on it. We're trying to expand our our marketing reach, but you know it's one of those things where ninety nine point seven percent of businesses fit within our target market ninety nine point wow. seven percent so so it's it's a large market uh... and and we're trying to isolate a couple of core targets but uh... really our services are available to all so um... please if, if you're interested come out and 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 uh... take our assessment or or shoot me an email or tweet and happy to work with you
0: awesome and do stay on the line i think you'll enjoy the, la- the next part of our program which is um our half-baked marketing ideas and i see that Stephen shattuck has joined us good morning Stephen.
2: good morning
0: Stephen, um, do you have a half-baked marketing idea for us today?
2: I do. I want to talk about ways that we can save the United States Postal Service.
0: <laughs> you know, I actually think that's a good topic considering Jacob is here sort of representing a, uh, a, uh, a government entity. Yeah. What do you think we should do to save the post
2: office? I don't know. I'm I'm torn to even go into my ideas because I'm not sure we want to save it, especially after their most recent ad campaign. So they're doing these two TV ads where they're trying to push people to, like, mail people printed receipts because it's supposedly more secure. And it shows, like, small business owners, like, filing away all this paper, like that's a benefit or something. It's just really laughable. And the other one is they're pushing their, like, direct mail, junk mail services, basically. So those are their half-baked ideas of how to save themselves, which I think is just hilarious. Um,
0: I I think one of the the, problems with that, and I think um, throughout history, there are instances where um, a dying industry tries to hold on. You know, the buggy whip manufacturers trying to convince you that a horse was a better mode of transportation. And the people that sold ice blocks trying to convince you that that was a better way to cool your house.
2: Right. So what's the problem? So the problem with them is that mail volume has reduced to the point where they don't have enough um, revenue to keep up with their overhead. Does that make sense? So mail volume drops, their money coming in can't support all these um all of their branches, their physical locations, the amount of mail carriers that, that they have, etc. So my first idea is can we somehow combine services so your mail gets delivered when your trash gets picked up or when you <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, that would be a huge time saver because if I was home, I could then take the bills in with me and simply toss. It would just shorten the cycle of direct mail trash right back into the trash. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And recycling too, because you know it's all it's all that paper. So, it, and my ninety uh, percent of my mail goes directly into my recycle, my physical recycling bin. So those things could be combined, and those come on two separate days. So right there is two out of the six days that delivery happens. So you've cut into a third of it already, like that. And you know maybe the the, the waste disposal companies could charge the postal service just a minimal fee, but it would be way less than all the the mail carriers and all the vehicles and all that stuff.
0: You know, I mean that that um, not a bad idea. When you first started talking about this, I actually thought a little bit about um the idea of um uh, alternating the days that mail is delivered. You know, yeah. um, we don't I mean, we don't get that much mail. Um No. Uh uh, you know, as a business, that's a little frustrating because um, I love going to the mailbox and getting my checks. But yeah, I've sure been thinking more will. and more about security and just getting a, a post, uh, you know, a PO box. And I think yeah. one of the things that um, maybe the post office could do is what the utility companies did, which is provide incentives for uh-huh. people to adopt behavior they wanted. So the utility company will give me a discount if I'll put controls on my air conditioner when I lived in Texas, that would prevent it from cycling all day long on days. So yep. what if um, I sign up and agree that the post office only has to deliver my mail every other day, and if I sign up for that, they give me a discount on my PO box. Or, yep. you know, uh, allow me to buy stamps at a discounted price. Something that creates yep. an incentive for me to say I'll only use your service every other day.
2: I'll take that one step f- further into my second idea, and that's gamification. The, oh, you know, I that's love the
0: post, the post office in a game. Certainly, nothing with yeah. guns, though.
2: But it could be like Foursquare. Like the heavy volume of, of mail users can like get some sort of points for the amount of letters they send. They get points for the stamps they buy and things like that. You get more points if you send bigger, heavier packages and you can redeem those for like a free book of stamps or, or some sort of incentive down the road. So you're sort of like building a community around your more loyal, heavy mail users because I don't think mail volume is going to go back up ever. It's only going to go on the decline, right, or maybe even just kind of stay where it is on the lower end. But it's never going to go back up. So you have to do something to – sort of build a community around the people who are sticking with your service.
0: I, I think, you know, I mean, royalty and frequent flyer programs, restaurants use them, um, yep. airlines use them sometimes badly. Um, but yep. I, I think, uh, you know, ship five packages, get a six-to-one free.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay, so we talked about overhead a little bit with the carriers and the delivery, but what about branches? So why are there separate physical branches? They should put, like, smaller mini branches in places where people already congregate, so the grocery store or the mall, rather than having these separate entities, right? So when you go to the store or you go to the mall for shopping, you can combine your trips, and the, the postal service would save a huge amount of money in revenue if they just rented out space where the people already are rather than trying to get people to come to these branches, which are way out in the middle of nowhere.
0: And, you know, I think that is actually where the post office has lost a lot of revenue because to fill that void, you got things like the you mail it or the, you know, the UPS stores or um, the FedEx, post locations. Um, yep. Honestly, I mean, quite honestly, when I think I have to mail a package, Nine times out of ten, it's after hours. And so I go to one of those other locations. The only time I have to go to the post office is my son is overseas, and the U.S. government actually has cornered the market. I cannot mail a package to my son unless I send it through the post office. Really? (laughs) My son, he's, he's, he's overseas, and um, he's at what they call an FPO. I actually mail his packages to somewhere in California, and then they collect all the packages, and then they fly them over and distribute them to the Navy bases throughout Asia. Wow. And so I can't ship to that collection point unless I go to the post office. So um, I think that's probably one area where the post office should actively promote their, um, their mail and package services to the military. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But then the other thing is, you know, they, they have those after-hours automated booths. I think even if they don't put full post offices, you know, I have been in the post office where you kind of put the package down, they have some supplies, and you, you mm-hmm. swipe your credit card and you can mail the package. Why don't they just put more of those around? You don't even need real people.
2: Yeah, right, a kiosk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just adding mail. I mean, if there was a mail kiosk in the mall. Yep. At Christmas time. Yep, exactly. I mean, I buy my gift, set it up side by side with a little gift wrap table for a charity. They can wrap my gift and then put it in a box. And i sell you the box right there, and then um, I could ship it from that kiosk. In uh, and, and maybe that's the other thing is that seasonal mail drops. Maybe they don't need yeah. to be in the mall all the time.
2: Yeah, right, right. Just the three months, what, through September through December through Christmas season? Yeah. yeah. That's probably the FBS mail volume time. Or maybe around, like, Valentine's Day they set it up for a couple weeks.
0: And Mother's Day.
2: Mother's Day, yep.
0: Yeah, But, I mean, you know, you, you, you have these maybe portable. Um, we actually, uh, I didn't realize, we have just been chatting and chatting, and we're about uh, going to run out of time. Um, <laughs> if you've got other ideas about what we can do to save the postal service, feel free to tweet them and use the hashtag MTFW. Um, As always, Stephen, thank you so much for another half-baked marketing idea. My pleasure. (laughs) And, Jacob, thanks so much for, um, for being our guest today and being a part of the call.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
0: For those of you that are listening, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, and other small business tools, Be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.